Is a popular popular podcast. Do not be afraid. Welcome to Popular History, a library of Catholic knowledge and insights brought to you daily. My name is Greg, and today we lean into the related topic side of things, specifically our canonical related topic of the interactions of the Roman Church with other religions. If you listen to my Elements of Cardinality series, you'll know what I mean when I say that this is one of our canon subtopics. As a reminder, this topic is connected to the cardinal element of relationship. In our narrative, not everything's all connected, not yet. Right now, about four years after Paul's conversion from last episode, it's still hard to argue nascent Christianity is anything other than a Jewish sect, not connected in its own right with anything else, and it's even hard to say it's connected to Judaism, simply because, well, that would be an understatement. Am I connected to myself? No, I am myself. Of course, there is a counter-argument to be made here to the effect of you can't claim to be a sect that sees the Messiah as having come and still be fully Jewish. But though the followers of Christ were probably the first, they certainly would not be the last Jewish sect to claim that the Messiah had arrived, including a number of the followers of Simon bar Kokhba, who's mainstream enough for the Israeli post office, and who we'll definitely be covering in a future episode. I mean, sure, the whole Jesus-as-God thing was novel, but it wasn't the craziest or clearest teaching floating around at the time. For what it's worth, I'm prepared to give the award for craziest proposal by a Jewish teacher to Rashi for his bold, the plague of frogs was one big frog, actually, stance. In the end, one way or another, The general consensus is that Christianity started as a movement within Judaism, and has since become its own thing. I'm going to continue talking out of both sides of my mouth, and note that, though what I'm pinpointing as key to the transition doesn't occur until years after the life of Jesus, there are hintings of it in the Gospels. Not only did Jesus have some pretty radical claims and allow his followers to call him Messiah, but he was reported to have had something of a cavalier attitude toward the law. And yet, those reporting such a cavalier attitude were often those who were basically being trolled by Jesus, and called vipers, and they generally had some, I dare say, understandable level of grievance. Jesus was not above shaking things up, but in the end, he fundamentally accepted the law, and he justified things like his disciples harvesting grain on the Sabbath with a legal basis. Quote, One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to pick some heads of grain, rub them in their hands, and eat the kernels. Some of the Pharisees asked, Why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered them, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and taking the consecrated bread, he ate what was lawful only for priests to eat, and he also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. End quote. That's from Luke chapter 6, by the way. As that chapter continues, we'll see a similar exchange. Quote, On another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, 
so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking, and said to the man with the shriveled hand, Get up, and stand in front of all of them. So he got up, and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good, or to do evil? To save life, or to destroy it? He looked around at them all, and then said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely healed. End quote. So we saw Jesus seeming to violate the law, but using the law to justify it. Now, I'm not going to be able to fit the events of Acts 10 into this episode as originally planned, so we'll cover them tomorrow, now that the stage is set. See you then for Among the Gentiles, Part 2, Peter's Dream. Thank you for listening. God bless you all.